from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast, March 2nd, 2023. Packed show today as we wrap up this very, very busy week. Lots of news here. So first of all, I'll premise. I'm going to do a very brief overview of the national security uh, the White House new national cybersecurity strategy. I will then do a longer episode that'll be available on YouTube and I'll put it out on our all of our audio platforms to go check out. So just so you know, we're going to touch on it. We're not going to go into a lot of detail. I've got a lot to say about it, but I won't be able to get it in under 15 minutes with everything else going on, including an, an ex- another Microsoft outage. Just keep racking them up at this point. Uh, a bunch of patches and a whole bunch of tools coming our way as well. So I hope you're ready for a a very, 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 very busy show this morning. And it's been a very, very busy week. We're into March. It's that time of year. Let's go ahead and start our tradition with the show. If this is your first time tuning in, cyberhubpodcast.com. Find us on your favorite platforms. YouTube is where you can go and subscribe. Over a thousand videos that we have on YouTube, a thousand videos. Um, So so go check that out. Good morning, everyone here. Brandon, Clinton, David, um, I think we've got Tadius, Brent, uh, Suhel, and Chris. Good morning to all of y'all. Join me with your cup of coffee. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. Brandon's coffee ready. I like that. All right. We've been talking about the White House for quite some time. Talked about this yesterday. The expectation was that the national cybersecurity strategy was going to be released in a few weeks. The White House went ahead and released it very, very early this morning, late last night, essentially. Five pillars around this one. Defending critical infrastructure, disrupt and dismantle threat actors, shape market forces to drive security and resiliency, invest in a resilient future, and forge international partnerships to pursue shared goals. The document itself is 35 pages long, 39. You can, um, it's linked in the show notes. You guys can go and, and, and see it right there. Um, signed by the president. The five pillars are obviously critical in this place, and then the implementation side is, is extremely weak. There's a bunch of stuff in and out of this. So first of all, I'll tell you the good. All right. The good is we're, we're now recognizing the fact that China is the largest threat. Now, if you read anything across mainstream media, I was going to pull up an AP report where they said, the focus is Russia. Russia's still really, really bad. Yeah, Russia's bad, but China's worse. And so media has an obsession with Russia, not to dismiss Russia, but there, there's China is, is, is a far bigger threat to the United States and the globe. Than, than Russia ever will be from a cybersecurity perspective, right? So there's there's that um, talks heavily about regulation. We're going to need to regulate this and we're going to need to regulate that and we're going to need to add more regulation and set more standards and NIST and CISA. And you're like, um, we've got so many standards, so many regulations. What are you doing about enforcement? What are you doing about funding? What are you doing about creating that private-public partnership? They talk about international and, and leveraging NATO and, and the UN and, and, and others for cybersecurity purposes. I'm doubting some of those things in there as well. Overall, it's better than its predecessors. Um, it just doesn't go far enough is, is what I'll say. That's, that's my two cents on it. I'm going to do a deep dive into it later this afternoon. Um, and the moment I finish recording it, I'll be posting it uh, everywhere for you all to see. Um, and then I'll air it on all of these social media channels uh, tomorrow. Microsoft adds another outage to the long line of outages that they've been experiencing since the beginning of the year. Uh, Microsoft Exchange Online outage blocked access to million of boxes world uh, mailboxes worldwide. 
there Microsoft is now investigating with users seeing affected users seeing 550.5.4.1 recipient address rejected access denied errors when trying to send or receive messages that started around 1311 hours PM UTC time. Sorry, I'm we're investigating an issue wherein users may be unable to access their exchange online mailboxes via any connection method. Additional details can be found within the service health dashboard under EX522020, according to Microsoft. That was in a tweet earlier today. Customers are also reporting on Twitter and Reddit that large percentages of emails sent to exchange will not reach the recipient mailbox. They've identified a potential directory-based edge blocking issue that may be contributing to the impact that's being investigated. And that investigating uh, that investigation is ongoing. This is adding to a whole list of outages by Microsoft. Microsoft said about three hours after the issue was reported that the issue was resolved uh, by rerouting Exchange online protection traffic away from the affected infrastructure um, and into uh, another one. So uh, some redundancy there at Microsoft, but not very confidence building. PyPy, again, in there, a new package within PyPy is found to contain a fully featured information stealer and remote access Trojan. The package, which was named Colorful with color with a U, by the way, so kind of playing off of the uh, British way of spelling color. Um, according to Kroll's Cyber Threat Intel team, the company calling the malware color blind, the colorblind malware points to the democratization of cybercrime that could lead to an intensified threat landscape as multiple variants can be spawned from the code source from others. According to the report, colorful like other rogue Python modules discovered in recent months conceals its malicious code in the setup script, which points to a zip archive payload host hosted on Discord. The file contains a Python script that comes with a different module designed to lock keystrokes, steal cookies, and even disable security features. So PyPy, again, remains a top target for many. They see this as a form of persistence, and you've got to develop some internal controls around PyPy um, and potentially continue to track the packages there. Aruba Network fixes six critical vulnerabilities in the Aruba OS, uh, they've, uh, Aruba published a security advisory informing customers about six critical security vulnerabilities impacting multiple versions of the Aruba OS, its proprietary network operating system. The flaws impacted Aruba Mobility Conductor, Aruba Mobility Controllers, Aruba Managed WLAN Gateways, and SD-WAN Gateways. Aruba, which is a California-based and subsidiary of HP Enterprise, specializes in computer networking and wireless connectivity solutions. The critical flaws addressed by Aruba at this time can be separated into two categories. One is a command injection flaw, and the other is a stack-based buffer overflow problems in the PAPI protocol. Um, all flaws were discovered by security analyst Eric de Jong, who reported them to the vendor via the official bug bounty programs. The CVEs are 2023 22747, 22, um, 22748, 22749er, and 22750. The CVSS ratings is 9.8 out of 10. An unauthenticated remote attacker can leverage them by sending a specially crafted packet to the PAPI over UDP port 8211, resulting in arbitrary code execution as a privileged user in Aruba OS. The stack overflow, the stack-based buffer overflow bugs are tracked to CV 2023-22751 and 22752 and also have a CVSS rating of 9 or 0.8. Uh, the impacted version is Aruba OS 8.6.0.19, 8.10.0.4, 10.3.1.0, Too many numbers. There's now new upgraded versions. Again, all of this is available in the show notes. Go check it out. But Aruba 8.10.0.5, 8.11.0.0, 10.3.0.0, 10.3.0.0, 10.3.0.0, 10.3.0.0, 10.3.0.0, 10.3.0.0, 10.3.0.0, 10.3.0.0, 10.3.0.0, 10
8.1.1 and 8.7.0.0 dash 2.3.0.9 and above are the right ones as well. Several products are reached end of life and are not patched. And if you've got one of those, you want to make sure you get some of the workarounds there or disable it all together. The risk here is high. These are unauthenticated 9.8 type of CVSSs. The Iron Tiger hackers have launched a Linux version for their custom malware. EPT27, known as Iron Tiger, is affiliated with the Chinese cyber espionage group, has now prepared a new Linux version of its sys-update custom remote access malware. According to the new report by Trend Micro, the attackers first tested the Linux version in July of last year. However, only in October did multiple payloads begin circulating in the wild. The new malware is a variant written in C++ using the ASIO library, and its functionality is very similar to Iron Tiger's window version of sysupdate. The actor's interest in expanding the targeting scope to systems beyond Windows became evident last summer when Sequoia and Trend Micro first reported APT27 targeting Linux and macOS systems with a new backdoor called R-Shell. The observed sysupdate campaign analyzed by Trend Micro deployed both Windows and Linux samples against valid targets. One of the victims of this campaign was a gambling company in the Philippines whose attacks utilized a command and control server registered with a domain similar to the victim's brand. The infection vector is unknown at this time, but analysts hypothesized that chat apps were used to lure and trick employees into downloading the initial infection payload. So again, uh, phishing is always going to be pretty much the first aspect here. China continues to be on the crawl. CISA has launched a brand new open source tool designed to help defenders Mac attack behavior to the MITRE, MITRE sorry, attack framework. The new tool, nicknamed Decider, was developed in partnership with the DHS System Engineering and Development Institute and MITRE. Decider makes the mapping process easier by asking the user a series of questions about adversary activities in their networks. The GitHub repository is also linked, and that's what you're seeing on the screen in front of you right now if you're watching us live or, or in the rerun. Decider is available on GitHub, but since it's a web application, it must be hosted somewhere before it can be used. CISA published a fact sheet and a blog post to help defenders get started with Decider. So another cool tool, and you can obviously see the app here in front of y'all. Another great free tool uh, that's available there as well. So that's it for our show this morning, folks. We'll be back on Monday with a whole lot more. Later today, I'll be doing an entire breakdown of the U.S., national cyber security uh, strategy that was just released by the white house this morning where do we get it right where are we wrong and where should we be focusing our initiatives it's my humble opinion you're willing i'm happy to have a debate over it um so you're welcome to tune into that make sure to go to our youtube channel and subscribe there because that's the only place it will air today and then it'll be available in audio on all of our audio Uh, listening platforms like uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it. You can find it on all the podcast platforms there as well. And then tomorrow I'll probably air it here on LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, uh, sorry, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. That's it for the show this morning. Thanks y'all for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great week and a great weekend. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.